Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301, live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 190 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, I'm your guy Mike Curry, and I am finally back with another episode, man. It's been a long time coming. It's been a while, so I'm just going to give you guys a brief update of everything that's been going on. A lot of crazy things have been going on, but you know I'm feeling good, man. But first, before we get into this episode, man, I want to dedicate this episode to a few people because it's been a lot of things going on in my life, my personal life, and you know, you know, a few people around me. So um, I want to dedicate episode number 190 to Mr. Garnett Punter, the first and um, the name might sound familiar to some of you guys, but um, that is the father of, you know, the 16-year-old phenom, my guy, Bank. Um, his father passed away back in February. The last time I did an episode was February the 14th, but um, I got, I got, I had the pleasure of getting to know Mr. Garnett and spending some time with him. And I last saw him in October, but, you know, I always, you know, when I was talking to Bing, you know, tell your dad what's up, you know, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm still sending prayers, you know, his way. Um, it was just two months ago, but I just could not imagine losing a father. And, you know, so my thoughts and prayers are still with Bink and his family. Um, I also want to dedicate this episode to Mr. Paul Allen. I heard about this news just a couple of hours ago. Um, went to church with Mr. Paul, um, knew his wife, Rhonda. Um, so my thoughts and prayers are going out to, you know, the whole Allen family. Um, that's really tough. I last saw him back in September at my mom's 55th birthday party. And, you know, that's extremely tough. That's extremely tough. And last but not least, I want to dedicate this episode to Mr. Miss Rayma or Rima Gibson. I hope I didn't butcher the name. I'm sure I said it right one of the two times. Um, but she passed away. She lost her life. Um, she was murdered by her boyfriend. And dedicating this episode to her as well because I know her son, Damon, and I work with him. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to him and the rest of that family because that is... That's brutal. I really can't imagine. And for me, I just wanted to alert you guys on my health. I've been going on, you know, some personal challenges going on, you know, my physical health and mental health as well. But everybody take your health, you know, extremely serious. I was in the hospital for a little bit. Not going to go into, you know, too many major details. But if you know, you know, um, I was in the hospital for a little while, but I'm doing, you know, way better. And I'm here. Um, I still been watching sports, though. Still been doing a couple of rants on my IG close friends. Um, but let's get into it, man. I thought, you know, what better way to come back and do an episode than talk about the NBA playoffs, which is, you know, begun, I guess you could say the play-in, but the actual playoffs start today. This episode will probably be out a little bit after, probably after the playoffs start. I know there's a 1 p.m. Eastern game between the Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to break down each playoff matchup, each conference, and let's get right into it. So let's start. I want to start with the best of the West, man. I want to start with the Wild Wild West. Um, shout out to the Pelicans who won their play-in game for the final play-in spot last night against the Clippers. It was a really, really good game. But they got to play the Suns. And I'm sorry, but the show stops for the Pelicans. Uh, Brandon Ingram, though, has been great. CJ McCollum has been great. I think he's been the real catalyst to this Pelicans team ever since they made the trade for him. You know, CJ McCollum, he's always been a good player, you know, playing alongside Damian Lillard all those years in Portland. Um, had some big games, you know. He, I like his bag, man. I like his bag. He can he can shoot the three. He can shoot off the dribble. 
mid-range is excellent. He can pull up. He's a really, really good underrated player. I still feel in a sense. And I really think he's the he's the, he's the straw that's been stirring this Pelicans drink. Like I said, no Brandon Ingram's been playing well. Um, shout out to Jonas Valanciunas, the big man in the middle. And they also got some young guys that's been balling like Herb Jones, as well as um, Trey Murphy. Um, he's been balling. So shout out to the Pelicans. Shout out to uh, Willie Green, head coach, in his first year coaching, gets his Pelicans team to the playoffs. And but I think I think it ends here. I think it, it potentially ends here in a sweep. Um, to the Phoenix Suns. We all know about the Suns who won 64 games this season. Um, Chris Paul missed a few, Devin Booker missed some games, but it seemed like no matter who they played outside of the Grizzlies, because the Grizzlies were able to beat the Suns twice, they were just rolling through teams, smacking teams up, just absolutely destroying teams and beating teams handily and by margin. So they were doing well, and it's kind of like they're picking up where they left off. They got that, still got that sour taste in their mouth from losing in the NBA Finals to the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're ready. They're ready. And I think I think they'll, they'll potentially beat this team, this Pelicans team, in the sweep. I know it's been a fun story. Um, see, like I said, CJ McCullough and Brandon Ingram. But you know, these are these are the, the cream of the crop. This is the cream of the crop in the NBA. The best regular season team that we saw this past year. And I think they're gonna beat this team. I think they're gonna sweep this team. So I'll say that. Um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Uh, they've been waiting. They've been getting so much needed rest. I think they could potentially be rusty to start game one, but after that, they're going to be ready. Chris Paul's going to have his team ready. Head coach Monty Williams is going to have this team ready. I like the Suns to beat the Pelicans. I like them to, I'm going to say five or less, but I really think they're going to sweep this team. Um, moving on in the West, we got the 2-7 matchup, and I like this matchup. I think it's fun. It's a bunch of young energy surrounding this series. We got the Memphis Grizzlies. Taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that has only had one playoff appearance. Timberwolves, I'm speaking of. Only had one playoff appearance since 04. And that playoff appearance was in 2018. We all know about Jimmy Butler when he was on the Timberwolves. <laughs> but it's funny how things change. But we got the Grizzlies here. Been an excellent team. A hell of a surprise this year. John Morant took a lead. But what's impressive, and shout out to my guy Jalen Jordan. Uh, it's a 20-2 record. That the Grizzlies were able to have without John Moran. Um, they've been getting key contributions from Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Steven Adams, uh, DeAnthony Melton. Um, they've got Dylan Brooks back from injury. They just have so much. I don't even think they're the most talented team, but they just play super good together. They just they they just have great chemistry. They play hard, and they it seems like they love playing for each other. And that, what more can you ask for? This is a young, hungry, exciting team. We've got to witness it all year. And I said, I, you can ask my guy Darius, man. I said to John Moran, when I saw him play for the very first time, I said he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, that is still a little premature. But I think from what we've seen, he has the potential to be a Hall of Famer just because he reminds you of so many different guys. You know, you could see a little Iverson. You could see a little... Steve Francis, a little D Rose, a little a little Russ, Russell Westbrook. You see just a little blend of all these unique players. And you see John Moran. That's what you get out of it. A little John Wall too. Um, but I like the Grizzlies to advance in this series. I like them. I think they're gonna pretend I think this series could go six. Because the Timberwolves are a young, hungry mob. 
You led by Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. Um, it, it's, 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 I think they'll, I think they can win, potentially win a couple of games. We don't know about Patrick Beverly, um, the pest that he is, the pit bull he is. You know, get in your face, play defense. We all know about the antics that he has. Um, but I think, I think the Grizzlies gonna win this series in six. But I think. I think it's going to be fun, man. You know, you see a bunch of young guys. You know, I'm 27 years old. You know, you got guys, you know, younger than me doing their thing. You know, John Moran, Jaron Jackson, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. All these guys are younger than me. They're doing their thing. So, I'm, I'm just happy for both teams for real, honestly, man. Honestly and truly. I mean, the Timberwolves, they made it farther than my team made it. So, <laughs> shout out to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, but I think the Grizzlies are going to get them out of the way in six. Next series. We have the Golden State Warriors taking on the Denver Nuggets. Um, we got the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, but <laughs> it's just him. <laughs> no disrespect to the other guys on that team. You know, the the um, Monte Morris's of the world. You got um, Bones Highland, uh, Jeff Green. Um, I, I like those players. I, I really do, but you know, when you're going up against the Golden State Warriors, you got going to get Steph Curry back. Um, Klay Thompson has been back. Jordan Poole has been really, really good this year. Draymond Green. I think this is a time where the Golden State Warriors begin to put it all together. And I hate to disrespect, you know, the reigning MVP like this, but I think that I got Warriors in five. Got Warriors in five. I think Jokic is good enough. He's, he's so good and so skilled that he can win a game for you. But I just don't. They just don't have enough. It's unfortunate they don't have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. I can't wait to see what that looks like next year. Um, but I, I like the Warriors to advance in five. You know, it's just too much firepower, too much pedigree, too much coaching experience. And I said that Michael Malone isn't, you know, an experienced coach. He's been in the league for a while um, as a coach. But, you know, I'm talking about championship prowess at the head coach, uh, Steve Kerr. Even though I've said some things about Steve Kerr, I don't think he's. I don't think he's the best, but I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good coach, so I won't disrespect him in that manner. But I like the Golden State Warriors to advance and move on to the next round and wrap this thing up in about five. I think Nicole Oakley is so good, could potentially be back-to-back -back MVP, that I think he will, you know, will this, this Nuggets team to get at least a game. And remember, the Nuggets, they played the Warriors pretty well in the regular season. You know, Monte Morris hit a game-winning shot. Maybe, just think of maybe go six, but I'm going to say Warriors in five. That's my prediction. Next series, four and five matchup. This is, four and five matchup always screams to me, two teams that are absolutely even. And Luka Doncic is going to miss game one, but I still think, you know, with him in there, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. I feel like the Utah Jazz, they peaked last year. Um, they blew a, a horrendous lead to the Clippers in the playoffs last year. But they're back again. This is a perennial playoff contender. They, they do this year in and year out. And with that being said, I think they'll beat the Mavericks. Luka's going to miss a game. And, you know, when he when he does return, he's still going to be hampered and hobbled a little bit. Um, but Luka Doncic is their team. He's, he's, he's their team. When you talk about, you know, straws that stir the drink, Luka Doncic is just that. The Mavericks go as he goes. And they do have some other good players on their team. Uh, Jalen Brunson, who I like, Spencer Dinwiddie, who lost me some money <laughs> a couple of weeks ago against the Wizards. But, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, good player. Dorian Finney-Smith, solid player. Dwight Powell. Um, 
Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know when he'll be back. Um, Reggie Bullock. Like, they have a bunch of... They have the foundational role players. And Jalen Brunson, I think, is a little bit better. He's going to get a bag this offseason. But without Luka Dantich, um, at least for a game, I think... I think the Jazz better take advantage because if the Mavericks potentially steal this one, they are, when the Mavericks are at home, but you know, I think this is a huge game for the Jazz, you know, seeing as the Mavericks gonna be without Luka. But I think the series could potentially go six or seven, but I like the Jazz to win this series. I just, I just, I don't, I don't really know why. I can see it going either way, but I like the Jazz in this series, man. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. I think I think Luca's gonna give them all they can handle when he comes back, just because we've seen Luca give the Clippers all they can handle. But I don't know if it's just the pure hatred thing he has towards the Clippers. But I think I think the series could potentially go to distance, but I like the Jazz to advance to the next round. So give me the Jazz and six. Let's move on to the Eastern Conference. We have the one-seeded Miami Heat taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And I want to shout out to Trey Young because I'm not the biggest Trey Young fan, but what he did against Cleveland was absolutely sensational. Uh, the 32 points in the second half. Crazy thing is, you guys can ask Bink, I was talking so bad about Trey Young, and then he erupted in the second half. Hold on, give me one second. I'm returning to the series. But can we talk about how the Hawks... And the Mavericks made a really, really balanced trade um, for Trey Young and Luca. I just think Trey Young fits Atlanta. He fits that. He fits the Atlanta style, and Luca just fits that Maverick style. You know, following in the footsteps of Dirk Nowitzki, and it's like Trey Young just seems Atlanta, and Luca just feels Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Y'all get y'all get exactly what I'm trying to say. It just it makes more sense. I don't know if Luca will have this type of impact on the Hawks, and I don't know if Trey Young will have this type of impact on the Mavericks, but, you know, who, who knows? It's it's just a balanced trade that works out. That's all it is. Um, but shout out to Trey Young, man. He was absolutely sensational in the second half of the game against the Cavaliers. And, you know, he did it without his two best players. Clint Capella went down in that game. John Collins has been out for months. Um, you know, they still got some solid guys. Is um, Bogdanovich off the bench. Um, who had a good game. You know, Kevin Herter. Um, DeAndre Hunter. Um, I like head coach Nick McMillan. Uh, I think the Hawks could potentially push the envelope to about six. Um, but I think the Miami Heat just going to get it done. You look at this team top to bottom. They they were ready for this regular season. And, and you know, they picked up Kyle Lowry. Tyler Hero has stepped his game up. It's going to be the sixth man of the year. Um, Bam Adebayo. He missed a little bit of time a few months ago, but he's been he's been playing well. Um, you got other guys like Max Struess. Um, can't forget about Duncan Robinson. Um, you got the backup center, Yurt Seven. Um, Marquise Morris, P.J. Tucker. They assembled this team for the playoffs. This this is exactly what this team was, was assembled for. And I think they'll take care of business, and I think they'll defeat the Atlanta Hawks in six. But Trey Young, um, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to play well. He's going to play well. But I like the Heat to bounce back after, uh, you know, playoffs that put a really, really sour taste into their mouth. You know, Jimmy Butler was outscored by Brent Forbes last, last playoff. So, 
I like the Heat, man. I think the Heat, this team is on a mission. This is a team that could potentially come out of the Eastern Conference. So I like the Heat to advance. Heat in six. Um, next series, the 2-7 matchup is, I'm going to talk about that last. I'm going to talk about that last. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it last. Let's move on to the 3-6 matchup, um, which is the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks. I like the Bucks to sweep the Bulls. I do. I like the Bucks to sweep the Bulls. When I when I look at this Bucks team, they're just a bad matchup. They're just a really, really bad matchup um, for the Bulls. I believe they swept the Bulls in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. But they're just a ma bad matchup. You know, you got Vucevic on the interior trying to guard, trying to stop a guy like Giannis. They just don't... It, they just don't got a Giannis stopper. Some teams, they, they have a strategy. They have a guy that they can at least put on Giannis. But these, they, they have no chance of stopping Giannis. Absolutely no chance of stopping Giannis on Taylor Kumpo. He should be able to do whatever he wants to do. And I just think, I mean, I think the Bulls have been a great story. You know, back in the playoffs, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. But they're just, they're just under, man, Alonzo Ball. I was hoping to see him in the playoffs. I think they're just... Under man, and I think they're just not gonna have enough to really push the envelope. I, I just think this is a bad matchup. You know what I'm saying? They don't have anybody to put on Giannis, but they got guys that can. The Bucks have guys that they could they could stop their two best players. They could take them out of the series. You know, you can throw Drew Holiday on Levine, and you can throw Giannis on DeRozan if you like, and the series is gonna be curtains. I like the Bucks, and I like the Bucks in four. Um, no disrespect to the Bulls, it's just. On pure matchup, the Bulls do not stand a chance at all. So I'm gonna rock with the Bucks to win this series in four. They're gonna sweep these guys. They book it. They're gonna sweep these guys. Um, next series. Who I like. I, I'm excited to talk about this one. We have the Toronto Raptors taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. I think I think the Raptors are gonna beat the Sixers. I, and here's why. You got these guys on the Sixers. First of all, first of all, I want to start with their coach. Doc Rivers, I like, but he's historically a choke artist. You look at the 3-1 leads that have been blown under his watch, his time with the Clippers. I just don't think... I, I think Joel Embiid's going to have a spectacular series. But James Harden... He's a wild card. He's been a superstar in this league for many years, but he's a wild card because under the bright lights, when it matters most, he has failed to show up. And this goes back to his time in OKC uh, when they went to the finals. No, he was young, but you know, all those years on the Rockets, he choked. He choked, man. And I hate to say it, but I just don't think, and eh, I mean, granted, can they get past the Raptors? Yes. I'm just predicting that the Raptors are gonna win the series in six. But the Raptors have guys that they can throw at James Harden. You know, a Scotty Barnes, who's really versatile player. Um, OG Ananobi, they can throw on him. They have they have guys that they can they can send at James Harden. And as far as slowing down Joel Embiid, I think he'll be double teamed at times. I think head coach Nick Nurse is a top five coach in the NBA. I think he's gonna have a game plan to. You're not gonna stop Joel Embiid. He led the league in scoring. He's gonna potentially win the MVP. But can you slow him down? Yeah, I think so. Or let him get his and neutralize everybody else? Yeah, I think so. James Harden, he has to put up or shut up. Tobias Harris, he has to be good. 
Um, Matisse Thibault cannot play in the Toronto game, so that's going to be a blow because who's going to slow down Fred Van Vliet? Who's going to slow him down? Um, Gary Trent Jr., who I like, Pascal Siakam, in the regular season, his numbers against Philly have been really, really good, above average. Um, I just think they, they're, they're not, they, they obviously don't have a superstar. I know Fred Van Vliet was an all-star, but they, they're a strength and numbers type of team. And don't forget, they have championship pedigree. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, these guys are NBA champions. So I think, I think, I, I really think the Raptors have enough to at least push the Sixers, but I'm predicting the Raptors to win the game, win this series in six. Tobias Harris is going to have to step up. Harden's going to have to be Harden, be the James Harden we've seen you know, throughout the years. And um, uh, Tyrese Maxey is going to have to step up as well. And Danny Green, too. So I like to see if, you know, the Sixers fall behind in this series somehow. Will Doc Rivers make adjustments? Because that's been my knock on him. He just doesn't make adjustments at all. And that's what's gotten them, you know, in situation after situation. And, you know, I think the Sixers' best chance was when they had Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, um, Tobias Harris, and B. I think that was their best chance. Um, I still don't think they have a chance to win the championship if they get past the Raptors. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I like the Raptors to win this game in six. Just the strength in numbers, the Van Vleets, the Gary Trents, the OG Ananobis, the Siakams. I, I just, Scotty Barnes, I just like this team. So, I'm going to go Raptors in six, and I'm not even a Raptors fan. I don't I don't remotely like this team at all, but I think they can knock off the Sixers. And look at the I mean, it's a 4-5 matchup, so those are usually the likely upsets if there is an upset to happen. And I got through all of them, huh? Last but not least, we have the two-seeded Boston Celtics taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Man. To be honest with you, if you told me the Celtics were going to win this series, I wouldn't tell you you're wrong. If you told me the Nets were going to win this series, I absolutely wouldn't tell you you're wrong. I couldn't talk you off of either, either team. Whoever you thought was going to win, okay, let's just get the ball rolling and we'll see you on Easter Sunday. But <sighs> I got to go with the Nets. I got to go with the Nets, man. You got Ramadan Kyrie um, taking on his old team. Um, I, think, I think the Celtics are going to really miss Robert Williams in this series. But you got Kyrie Irving. You got Kevin Durant. They have to put up or shut up. I know, they were, I know they're the seventh seed, but we know talent-wise they're not really a seventh seed. Both of these guys have missed so many games. Um, Kyrie for vaccine reasons and Kevin Durant due to injury. And we all know they um, traded James Harden to get Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, and Seth Curry. But the, the time is now. The time is now for for the Nets because if they don't get if they don't advance in this round, we gotta look at this Kyrie and KD thing as a failure too. The same way we look at LeBron and the Lakers as a failure, and they won a championship. The same way I feel like, and I'm not even trying to get on the Lakers because that's another story for another day. And I actually might go on a rant about that towards the end because Frank Vogel was fired. But if we're viewing the Lakers and LeBron as a failure, if KD and Kyrie don't deliver, we got to view them as a failure as well. We also got to look at the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard thing as a failure as well. So if KD and Kyrie don't deliver, we got to look at that as a fail. And we're going to have to look at Steve Nash as not a head coach. Sim simple and plain. He, 
he can't be a head coach. And, you know, the jury is still out on Steve Nash for many people, myself included, you know, my guys like my dad and a lot of people, a lot of analysts, a lot of experts, they don't, I don't think Steve Nash is a top-notch coach. I just don't. And if they don't win this series, and it's going to be a tough series, um, but we got to look at this thing as a fail and changes have to be made. Um, on the Celtics side, man, they've been a great team, especially after Marcus Smart called this team out. But if you want to, you know, be more specific, let's just talk about them in 2022. They've been spectacular. Um, Marcus Smart potentially going to win defensive player of the year. Tatum has stepped up. Brown has stepped up. It seemed like head coach Ime Udoka was able to find just the right blend and the right rotations for this team. You know, this is his first time being a head coach, and I think he's done an exceptional, an exceptionally well job. Um, Brad Stevens is the GM of this team, president of basketball operations. I said when he stepped down and fell forward, I'm not going to really get into that, but he he was going to get guys in here that he liked. And you've seen it with Al Horford, who's been playing well. Um, they got Daniel Tice back at the trade deadline. Those are his guys. And Ime Udoka has seen to just finally find out what really works because, you know, it's always been talked about um, can Tatum and Brown play together. Yes, they can play together. Uh, Marcus Smart has taken on more of a facilitating role this year. And I think that's, that's absolutely, you know, done wonders for the Celtics. So, I have to predict it, obviously. I don't want to, but this is going to be a fun series. I have no money on this series. I'll probably make a couple of same-game parlays. Um, but I got to go with the Nets in six. But I would not be surprised at all if the Celtics do win this series. Um, there's rumors that Ben Simmons could come back uh, towards the end of the series. Maybe games like starting in game four. But we'll see. We don't know. But those are my first round playoff predictions. So what I got, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz. And then on the East, I got Heat, Nets, Raptors. And what's the other one? Oh, Bucks. Bucks. Um, so a couple of upsets in there. Um, according to, you know, Vegas and odds makers and stuff. The Nets are an underdog in this series. And the Raptors are also underdogs. So, yeah, a couple of upsets. A couple of minor upsets. Nothing too crazy. And that's my upset. So, let's move on real quick. And I'll be done. Um, Frank Vogel was fired. Um... It seems like immediately after the, the 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 Lakers finale against the Nuggets, and I felt some type of way about it because this isn't his fault. Frank Vogel getting fired is not his fault. This is on roster construction and health. And you look at you look at the Lakers team. They had a bunch of old guys, old veteran guys. In order for a team. It has a bunch of vets like that to work. You have to have a good amount, a good blend, excuse me, of young talent. Malik Monk's cool, but he has a ceiling. Russell Westbrook, he isn't all that young anymore either. Um, Austin Reeves, nice young player, not good. And Taylor Horton Tucker, pretty much been a fail um, this season with the Lakers. LeBron said he was special. I didn't see that. But this isn't on Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel just played the cards that he was dealt. You got Russell Westbrook, who he probably didn't want, who he butted heads with a lot this year. Um, Frank Vogel had the Lakers as one of the best defensive teams in the league. One of the best, like, 
of all time, as far as ranking wise, a couple of years ago, um, when they had Alice Caruso and KCP, these guys were playing championship level defense, and you got rid of those guys. This isn't his fault. Frank Vogel, I'm not gonna say he's top 10, but I think he's like a top 12 to 15 coach. He's a good coach. Um, you know, we saw that in his days with the Indiana Pacers. Frank Vogel can coach, and I just want to say this is absolutely not his fault. He just when you when you fall so short of expectations, somebody has to be the scapegoat. Somebody has to take the fall for it. And unfortunately, Frank Vogel is taking this fall for the demise of the Lakers. But we could have saw this coming um, because Anthony Davis doesn't stay healthy. Um, LeBron James obviously had an amazing season, but he hasn't he hasn't put together a full season of health um, of staying healthy. Um, but I really think the I really think this is all on Anthony Davis just because from the simple fact of this, Anthony Davis was brought to the Lakers to be the successor, not only to help LeBron James win a championship, which they accomplished in the NBA bubble in 2020, they accomplished that. But Anthony Davis was also brought here to be the guy when LeBron starts to regress. And, and LeBron hasn't even regressed. And he was also brought here to be the guy after LeBron James is done. And he hasn't quite lived up to that ever since the championship in the bubble. So I don't know if he can be that leader. And the crazy thing is the Lakers are in a dilemma because their roster is probably going to look pretty similar to next year because LeBron James and Anthony Davis make so much money. And if they can't get off the Russell Westbrook deal, um, they're in trouble. But they're going to have to sign a bunch of guys to a minimum deals. Um, they really struck gold with Malik Monk because he signed for the minimum. But... It's gonna it 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 may be the same next year, guys. It may be the same, but I put this more I put this on Anthony Davis just because of what he was brought to be, and that's what that's what it is. That's what it is. But Frank Vogel, this is not your fault. You working another head coaching job? I didn't think I would feel this way about Frank Vogel though. You know what I'm saying? Like when he got highlight. Oh, okay, we got Frank Vogel, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support. I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I'm finally back with an episode, man. It's been a long time coming. Like you said, I addressed a couple of things. Like I said, I addressed a couple of things at the beginning of the episode. But I'm back, and I'm looking to give you guys some more consistent content. And as you can clearly see, got some visuals for you guys. So thank you guys. Really, really appreciate the continued love and support. I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I am signing out. Um, please like, comment, and subscribe if you're on the YouTube. Please give me a sub if you're listening to on the DSPs such as Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Please show some love. Please like, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. I'm signing out. Mike Curry is done. Episode number 190 is done. Peace.